Underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Go around the rise of finance. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Jack and Mel's Super Out MMA Show. As always, I am Jack and I am joined by my good friend Mel Brown. Uh, on top of that, this week, uh, we're also joined by uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, well, we're going to call you our resident expert, uh, expert, <laughs> expert uh, Mike Summers. Mike, how you doing, bud? Too bad, how are you? Not too bad, Mel, how are good. you? Always great. Um, we're actually just back from a no-gi class there, which was, as always, a good crack. Mike is the lovely coach that we spoke of last week. Um, your first full week, then. First full week. Yep, full in the bag. Time. In the bag, slam dunk. How's it feel? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, brilliant. Tired. Training. Exhausting, but good. Good. Enjoying That's it. all we ever wanted to hear. Um, <laughs> Mel, how about you? How's your week been? Super. <laughs> As you know. Um, yeah, busy, 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 busy. But sure, it's Tuesday. It's nearly over. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. Well, um, gonna just get right into the uh, the news. Uh, one of the first things really to talk about is uh, Andre Arlovsky be fighting again at UFC 232 against Walt Harris. Which, by the way, I believe might actually have been the name of the guy from Anatomy of a Fighter. Anatomy of a Fighter. I think his name is Walt Harris because we were talking about this the other day and we got confused. Is it not Will? Will Harris. I don't know. Doesn't well, really matter. I, not much to comment on from, from, from me on this one. I feel to see how Arlovsky can't uh, just... I, I think he just pieces Will Harris up. I guess skill level there, experience level... Um, I, I favour Arlovsky heavily on that but Mel you're the, the house Arlovsky fanboy slash expert <laughs> slash, fa- slash whatever what, what what do you think? Well he should do but Arlovsky has a tendency to find a way to lose um, long been accused of being chinny but that really hasn't been super evident in his last few fights the only problem fighting someone like Walt Harris who is a giant and will probably clip him at some point so if you can get through that like you said, on you know a skills basis, he should be fine. But it's heavyweights; anything can happen. They're pretty volatile. Um, I do. You, I assume that Arlovsky's someone that you uh, you're yeah. a bit of a fan of. I used like. to watch him, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was a heavy kicker, was he not? And he was yeah. big shin kicks ahead or against Krokop as well, was it? Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's never fought Krokop. It was like one of the fights which. Should have happened, but never did. His Who did he fight? Where he uh, was it? Gonzaga? We would have fought, would he? That's uh, there was crew, it was Crew Cop and are you thinking of the Crew Cop and Gonzaga fight? Um, where Gonzaga kicked Crew Cop yeah. in the back of the head. Who did Orlovsky have a massive fight with? Huge piles on there. Yeah, um, they had his trilogy with Tim Sylvia. That was Tim Sylvia. Yeah, that yeah. was probably the most the most famous. That was the, that was the first live UFC fight I ever watched. Yeah, Arlovsky's kind of Sylvia won. He's kind of responsible for you being yeah. involved in this sport. I remember you talking about that, yeah. watching that fight and how you sort of thought the bigger. Well, you were conditioned by like WWF that you just thought the bigger guy would win, um, and then he sparked him out in the feet and then put him in a. I think it was a straight ankle lock, mm. and it was nice. 
Arlovsky, he's, he's got a strong Samu background, which I think is something that right. people always forget. Um, he's been uh, fighting in the UFC, well, not consistent in the UFC, but he made his UFC debut in like 2000. It's crazy. He's been around for, for yeah, years and years. Yeah, and he's still like, he's still got a chance of, you know, I don't want to say he's a chance of contending, but you know, he, he could, he to could. S- to still be in and around the top 10 in your division for 20 years is admirable. It's it's admirable, admirable to say the least. Um, Yair is in for uh, Frankie. Uh, Frankie Edgar's been injured out of the Korean zombie fight next week. Um I again, like it's not much to comment on with these. It's just news. We will do a further breakdown of this closer to the time. Um, but next yes, week, isn't it? yeah, it is. It's uh, next week after, of course, UFC two thirty, which we are going to get on to. Uh, Sajar Eubanks still going who? on. Yeah, who? Um, your response was absolutely perfect, Mike, <coughs> earlier on, which was just when we were talking about what we were going to chat about. Uh, we said to you and you were like uh, who and it's like that's no no that's perfect that's the response that everybody has uh, she's still going on about Joe Rogan being disrespectful for not knowing her I just fail to see how it's disrespect to say I actually don't know who that person well, is yeah, you have to do a, you have to build up some street cred don't you you have to have you have to be uh, putting in enough fights to actually warrant yeah. some sort of respect from anybody yeah the UFC has a roster of over 500 fighters currently like it's probably impossible to do them all yeah yeah yeah. i mean the thing is it's like i mean there's even more jiu-jitsu practitioners than than our ufc fighters like you know you you could you could absolutely you could start running a list now of all the ones you know but it's not disrespectful if you know you don't know a a purple belt who trains out of a gym in ohio a a guy could possibly meddle in adcc um at the next one that you've never heard of that's that's an incredible achievement in grappling. Yeah, um, it's like a, and it's one of the majors. If you were to win a major grappling event, it'd be ADCC, and you could quite easily have never heard of that person, or at least sort of they'd be a wild card, um, and that you you maybe have seen compete before, but you know they maybe get through to the final and and win. In the UFC, you kind of expect people to be contending. You expect to have seen their their build up, their, their rise up that ladder. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, as you say, it's, it's normally earned, but it's because yeah. it's not, you don't see, you generally don't see multiple fights in a night anymore, which nope, you do no, still see no. in, in jiu-jitsu. True. Um, David Rickles uh, is fighting, uh, I think, I, think, I believe it's pronounced Guilherme uh, Bomba. Um, nothing to comment on here other than a bit disappointing from Bellator considering what they've been managing to build recently. Is Dave um, Rickles the one who got spanked by MVP? MVP yeah, and we actually watched that fight. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's... He quit. He did, he quit. He did quit in that fight. He, he was getting pieced up and he, he just quit. But I... I personally disappointed to see Bellator you know I can understand that they don't have the talent depth that the UFC have but I mean that's not a co-main anywhere really Um, and I I would like to moving forward I'd be quite keen to see Bellator at least with their main and co-mains being strong so come on Bellator you can do better than that Again, another fighter you love, and one I know that we've spoken to you about before, Mike, as well, um, Alistair Overeem. Uh, mm-hmm. He's fighting Sergei Pavlich, uh, which has been added to UFC Beijing. Uh, to those who don't know, Pavlich has a pretty strong record outside the UFC. He, mm-hmm. This guy could come in here legit. Um, it's, it's a really interesting fight for that reason. The question is just how good is Pavlich? We won't really know until we see him tested against the, the bigger competition. Well, there's the bigger competition, and then there's getting thrown in at the deep end with a guy who's at 50 pro fights, 20k1 fights. 
everything. Uh, Overeem's been training with Curtis Blades for this fight as well, which I like. Um, Especially after Blades smashed him open with elbows. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it was gnarly. But, uh, no, I like Overeem's attitude. That like He's always been accused of having ego, and, of course, every fighter has ego to an extent. But to be able to go and train with a person who's just smashed you shows that you've probably got... <laughs> You know, a healthy relationship with that. So. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And you know, Pavlich could well cause an upset. Um, because he's the, we, un- he's the unknown. He's the unknown. And but how baller is that from Overeem? You know, a guy with, as you said, you know, fifty fights, and just not only still willing to 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 get game and get down, but just just willing to to fight whoever's next in line. Yeah. One for you, Mike. Uh, this should be a bit of a BJJ showdown. Uh, Alex Cowboy Oliveira set to fight Gunnar Nelson, mm-hmm. and that's added to UFC 231. Um, Gunnar Nelson, a lot of hype in the in the jiu-jitsu community uh, he's for a, an MMA guy. He's a prodigy. He's, he's an unbelievable jiu-jitsu. Um, I think he was he's he's black belt under Henzo and had that from I think probably 21 that sort of age. Um, obviously massively connected to the SBG team but he's his his jiu-jitsu was pre-existing before he yes. would yeah. he went to SBG um and from people that have trained with him in the past uh they talk about how how calm and collected he is his passing the way in which he moves is all very sort of methodical he's just very much like a robot um his jiu-jitsu in terms of MMA jiu-jitsu is is, is brilliant you compare him to the someone like Damian Meyer in that fight where mm-hmm. he got he got schooled. That was a grappling match that probably Gunnar Nelson didn't want to get involved in at yeah. all. There was just uh, I watched it back the other week actually, and Meyer's Meyer's back control is is it was just relentless attacking, and I think Gunnar Nelson possibly needs to have sort of. Uh, uh, like a more sort of, he needs to be able to create that space and get some strikes off and things because he's got a far more well-rounded game compared to Maya. Yeah. But Maya's grappling was so superior on that day that he just—it was like watching somebody being trapped in a phone box. He just had nowhere to go. Well, that's that's one of the things that's that shocked me from from getting more and more into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the the amount of levels to it. I mean, obviously. You know, to, to any sport, there's levels. There's experience tends to trump mm. most things, and and almost anything you do. But uh, there there seems to be so many levels to that, uh, and I think part of the reason for that is you know you could if two people fight and have a fist fight, you know you could go into a, a professional boxing gym and you know the mechanics of a punch. You know, every most people have mm-hmm. the ability to throw a punch to some extent, and you could just get lucky, and, and everyone can recognise a punch for yeah. what it is. And you, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing that seems completely different with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the more and more I do it, is the level of control and and uh, that that you can exert over somebody who doesn't mm. know what they're doing or doesn't have any skills in that way. And uh, it's interesting that you've just you've hit the nail on the head for for, for me personally as a fan of that fight. Um, where Maya showed just how superior his grappling yeah, was, different and- different level. He, he was even he was even dropping. He was using shots as well from the guard. I think uh, I think he got his back or got mount and was he, he actually blooded Gunner up, which you wouldn't really expect to happen. Um, he did land some pretty big shots, if I remember rightly. Um, but his, his jiu-jitsu is just on a different planet. But then Gunnar Nelson has has competed in ADCC again. That's different to the world's in gi jiu-jitsu. This is ADCC is a no-gi event 
where you'll get a mixture of the best grappers, the best, um, some Sambo people, some, some no-gi judo experts, but you get a whole host of different types of competitors and, and a lot come from the MMA community. Um, I think like uh, Randy Couture or someone like that would have competed mm-hmm. in ADCC back in the, back in the day. Um, but Gunnar Nelson held his own at those events, stepped into an MMA octagon with Damian Meyer. Had the, had the the rule set to strike him, but he was just suffocated. Might have closed the yeah. distance, controlled him, took him down, and just. Yeah. Very few sort of high level jujitsu black belts have implemented their game across the MMA quite effect as effectively as Damian Maya because you've seen. Well, the, only in sorry, um, sorry to interrupt. Only in parts of his career, the early part. Yeah, he came in with pure jujitsu and had success. Then tried to stand. Yeah, he went through that period, didn't he, of trying to stand up with guys. Yeah. And then he then he reverted then back, back but, but he possibly has, has tried that too late. I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm, you know, I'm no expert in sort of MMA careers and things. But if he's if he'd have maybe kept that approach earlier on, he maybe would have got that title mm-hmm. shot earlier uh, and wouldn't have have been up against Tyron Woodley or someone like that. That's different breed. Well, I suppose when you're that good at one particular aspect of the game, people just avoid it. Like when yeah. he fought Anderson Silva. Obviously, Anderson Silva wasn't going to go to the ground with mm-hmm. him, and it's the same with Tyron Woodley. Now, people say that fight was boring. It wasn't the most entertaining fight, no. but from a technical st- and like analytical standpoint, Woodley couldn't have done anything better. And mm-hmm. um, well, what else? Yeah, that that's the thing is what else could he have done? And you know, people said the same. Well, if he thing. had went to the ground with him, you'd have been calling him stupid. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that's it. Yeah. People <laughs> said the same thing about Wonder Boy and Woodley, which was yeah. you know. Oh, you know, it was boring. Just circled, 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 waited, and then exploded. Yeah. It's like what? Like if you're if you're fighting Wonder Boy, like he, Wonder Boy has so many tools on the feet mm. that the, the, the if you're Tarim Woodley, like as explosive and, and dynamic as he is, like you you have to watch for every movement. You're not going to step in arm's length of him, are you? No, or, no, or, or leg you are not. Like, no. Absolutely not. Um, You'd be stupid too. The worst, you, you would. Yeah. The worst one I ever saw my get was so Rick's story. Oh, or it wasn't even a choke. It was like just a crank across yeah. the face, and his nose exploded. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the way in which he dealt with Condit? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was like watching a you know a big cat against an antelope or something. The way he took him down and just took his back, and that's that's Condit's no slouch whatsoever. No, Condit, no. Condit is a very very legit uh, yeah grind game, very legit. Um, one of the uh, things that always shocked me about Maya was coming. <laughs> You know his ability. You're right. His ability to implement that game. It's really interesting what you said because it's it's actually a bit as as a BJJ guy, Mike. You could probably speak to this more than more than Mel or I could. Um, it must have been a bit frustrating to an extent as well. Watching what was you know someone close to a master or pretty close, you know, very within the top handful of percent in the world at what they do. It kind of almost did give a bit of a bad name to the the BJJ players coming into MMA mm. because people had this misconception that it was boring. Now things are changing. Um, you spoke in the club the other day about how so much of the, this is going nogi now. Like moving mm. forward, the sport is transforming into something bigger, possibly off the back of MMA or certainly implemented because the two are intertwined in many levels. But it, it, it must be. It must have been frustrating to to have such a great understanding yourself of what exactly what he was doing, how difficult it was to do, and then hearing casual fans kind of, oh, he's boring, you know, because I I don't agree with that. I know you don't. It, it, it's it's just part and parcel of 
you could say the same um, Wonder Boy versus Tyron Woodley, mm-hmm. the the wrestler. Yeah, would yeah. look at Woodley and think that's very smart. He's keeping his distance. He's looking for an opportunity to shoot if he can, but he's not going to take any risks and get kneed in the head or you know try and do anything stupid on the way in. Uh, as a jiu-jitsu person, um, watching someone like Meyer or or somebody where they've been more conservative and they're not trying to chase something that isn't there. It's just part and parcel of the sport. But then you've got to kind of think back. There was a, was, what night was it? Uh, Nate Diaz choking McGregor and Misha Tate choking Holly Holm in the same yep. night. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that did more for the sport in one night than yeah. three or four UFCs could do. Yeah, Just, no. you know, everybody was getting subs. I can't remember the exact statistics, but there were a lot of submissions. It's funny, too, that it came from, like, the, the complete opposite, where when it started... Like mm. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was like instantly elevated, and yeah. then it slowly yeah. almost well, it got figured out to an extent because the, the you know, no gi wasn't a yeah. thing, so it kind of got figured out. And then no gi, you know, Jiu Jitsu, and this is this is where you actually see some separation in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu community. Um, you know, they they then started to go, well, hang on a minute, you know, we can't do this anymore, we can't do that anymore because you know, you you don't have your grips, you don't have the same, mm. you know, like. In Nogi, you can kind of sit in someone's guard to an extent and be relatively safe, you know, if you're postured correctly. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that in BJJ because someone's literally just going to pull on your collar, cross-collar grip, well, gonna in, yank in, you. In grappling in general, where there's no strikes, being in someone's closed guard is not good. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in a bad position. You need to be breaking the guard mm-hmm. to then start yeah. the passing. You have no options there. He, the guard player has all the options. Yeah. So MMA is different. I think not Mark Coleman. Yeah, dropping yeah. elbows from close guard. Um, Tito used to do that all the time. T- yeah, yeah. Um, anybody when you back then, you'd have seen them sort of drop. Uh, you standing over them, not standing, but you know what I mean, like hunched over them, yeah. dropping the elbows. Um, so grappling's completely different. You have no no options from close guard. So yeah. um, the the techniques, the mindset's different. Um, in terms of the way the sports developed, the reason jiu-jitsu, going back to what you're saying about, has been elevated, the reason it was put on the pedestal was because there was no nothing pre-existing to it. Yeah. Boxing and striking had a history in America. So did uh, wrestling. Judo had a history. Karate had a history. All of these other things had history there. Brazilian jiu-jitsu came through, yeah. destroyed you know all those arts. Um, I suppose there were a couple like Hoist versus Dan Seven or someone like that. Maybe would have yeah. been a tough one to sort of convincingly say that Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is superior. Yeah, yeah. But there was no. Everyone looked at it and thought we need to learn this. Everyone already most most of them already had an idea of boxing or striking. Yeah, and they already had some grasp of wrestling. So Jiu Jitsu was like the the final piece to that puzzle. Yeah, uh, and then once they found that how to deal with it. I think even there was it was Patrick uh, the guy that the kickboxer in UFC one and two, he was starting to use arm bars and things by UFC yeah. two. I can't remember oh, his name. I know who you're talking about. But yeah, I can't forget the name. He was a, he was a kickboxer, but yeah. he, was, he was starting to use an arm bar, um, and it, and so they were figuring it out pretty quick. They were training, they were finding Brazilian gyms, and uh, yeah. yeah, the sport kind of lost it. Not sport, but the art kind of took less of a center stage. Well, one right. of, it's funny because one of the most beautiful things for me about. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the moment that I think everybody has when they ever try it, and the only thing I I can equate it to is drowning. Yeah, like that that feeling of I remember like whenever I was rolling for like the first time, or even doing Niwaza in Judo, which is the ground game. That, you know, this feeling of every time you go to sit up, someone grabs you and puts you flat on your back, and this feeling that like oh 
like oh shit like no amount of physicality or mm. or whatever is going to get me out of this unless it's Mel well yeah <laughs> unless it's Mel in which case if he's on top of you you know you're you're in shitsville but mm. I think that it's funny because it's difficult to quite pinpoint the exact reason why that's such an important thing for a person mm. for any human um to to go through it. it it is a great leveler in, in so many ways, but there's also this this facet of it that's just fascinating to me of of, of being able to... That, that my friend was asking me, why is it different and why is it good for, you know, why are techniques in it, you know, good for self-defense or why are why is it good for anti-bullying or whatever? Mm. And it's because the, the intention of it is totally different than any other martial art I can think of where... It's not exclusively about damage. It's about control, mm-hmm. and that is that in itself is such a, a unique skill set to have. And the way I would always liken it is when people looked at Hoist Gracie in UFC one, two, three, you know, and they looked at what he did to, to other people. You kind of almost forget that that's if you do BJJ or you do BJJ or whoever it is does BJJ, that's you against Joe Blogs. Mm-hmm. And you kind of forget that. You kind of remove, yeah. for some reason, watching it on TV, you're removed from mm-hmm. the fact that, that that's that's the reality. That's not just in that cage. That's not just in that environment. That's that's the reality of yeah. it, is that there are... You know, and, and it has forced me to, in taking, in taking the sport up, it has forced me to walk taller. And I mean that literally. Like, you remind yourself when you're walking down the street, like, you don't need... Like, stop being slouched over. Walk, mm-hmm. you know, no one's going to fuck with you. And even though the reality of it is... No one's more or less likely to than yeah. they were before. Nothing's changed. But yeah, yeah, nothing's changed. But yeah. intrinsically, there's a there's yeah. a comfort level that you know you're like I'm not as worried about anything as yeah. I used to be. Your um, uh, it, it it allows you some degree of confidence. I, th- I don't want to say that you you become confident overnight. You don't because in the process of you getting that extra confidence or a certain degree of confidence you're going to get pasted in the meantime yeah, you're yeah. going to get the crap kicked out of you continuously um the difference is whether you can go through that or not well, i think of- yeah it's getting more and more comfortable with the uncomfortable yeah yeah i think that yeah it's to every aspect of life yeah adversity yeah yeah, yeah. just yeah. sort of just knowing that for the next six minutes which is what we do the rounds for um, for the next six minutes, you're going to be going through a lot of uncomfortable. Well, you're possibly going to go through. You're, you could be the like that the hammer and nail thing. You yeah. could either be the hammer or you could be the nail. Um, and there's times that you have every intention of being the t- person that's going to boss the the role, and it just goes tits up, mm. and you make a mistake, and then you could spend six minutes getting s- smashed from side control. Um, the di- the difference between this and MMA, which I know is what sort of the, the the mass appeal, which the majority of people that take up Brazilian Jiu Jitsu are mm-hmm. taking up what they think is MMA without strikes. Yeah, um, it, it goes the other way. It's it becomes more com- complex uh, and more sort of intricate, uh, and then you forget about the stuff that really got you there. Yeah, that, that's what was happened for me as well. I think most that's the same for a lot of people. But you, I, I end up forgetting about MMA. Well, you're one of the you're one of the few people I've met in in this industry um, or not industry this um, this area of combat sports where you you were you caught my attention instantly because on like the first night whenever you'd asked about like you know what's everyone's background and I think we'd commented that we were MMA background a bit of nogi. You know, you you were very quick to go. Oh, don't do this move in this mm, position yeah. because you'll just get smashed. And and there seems to be a very like intrinsically 
protective uh, like do you think it, it within bjj do you, do you think that that is just like the old school martial arts side of things where people are kind of like it's almost like the one thing about martial arts that's different than bjj which is why it's almost strange that it's in, implemented in this way but what i mean is you know each martial art in the world was kind of protected until the ufc to an extent yeah, because yeah. The, you know all the bullshit could could fly yeah, you could, yeah. that'll kill you sort of thing you yeah. know it, it's yeah. you know yeah you know it, a lot of people realized oh no 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 it's if you just do a double leg yeah. you know <laughs> yeah or the other thing like one of them i remember watching recently was a guy who was like no there is a version of this where you can actually force your fist to penetrate the skin but we don't <laughs> show that and you're going no, because you can't. That's because you can't. Yeah, <laughs> but you know there was there was a lot of that, and do you think that that is why there is some resistance to people, kind of especially coaches, especially higher belts, the the rule gi exclusively? Do you, do you think that that's part? Is it just something that's ingrained in the last little bit of the tradition of martial art, or is it? Uh, is it just like a kind of? Yeah, you have different schools of thought. You would have. So, I have no, I have no exact figures, and no sort of data to back this up but this is my opinion of um love, say, love that entry <laughs> there is literally nothing saying <laughs> yeah. this is the case yeah. but <laughs> however <laughs> i'm gonna try um there's probably about 30 um uh 30 either throw well moves if you want to call them moves which would include throws submissions um and and positions whether it's side control or neon chest that would be functional so, I'm not going to use you an example, Mel. Um, but say someone my size picks picks a fight with me, and I make sure that I don't want to have anything to do with it. But it becomes inevitable. the The types of things I'm on about here would be something like a double leg, uh, a single leg where I took him to the floor, um, a hip throw, something where where I'd end up in side control or knee on chest. Mm-hmm. The types of things that you wouldn't do in that situation: guard pull. Guard pull to Delaheva, <laughs> guard pull to X guard, but we spend a lot of time teaching these mo- these positions and these these things. Now, those thirty that I'm on about, whatever it is, thirty, twenty, I don't know. Um, they have real world application, uh, and they will work on the vast majority of people that are untrained. Yeah. The reason we then become complicated in class, the reason we we cover knee slice in passing a lot, which I know a lot of your mem- a lot of your listeners would maybe sort of be lost in this point in the conversation but a particular pass where you cut the knee across their leg and you go for you pass into side control nailed one today yeah well we would do four different variations of that in a class depending on what the other person does the other person being trained could do all these different combinations of which i teach the four variations which i've been taught by uh, a friend of mine from america you wouldn't need to do any of these on a person that wouldn't put you in half guard does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's like the Joe Rogan analogy of human chess. It'd be easy to beat someone who doesn't know how to play chess. Yeah, exactly. But if they know yeah. how to defend or counter move, then it changes how yeah. you play. So another example would be Della Heva from open guard. So Della Heva is where you hook your leg around the back of their leg and you pull it, pull it towards you and your, your foot would be on the inside of their thigh. It looks a complicated position for you to hold, but it's a very aggressive position and it was created by a smaller person to overcome a bigger person. Then you, you you start breaking down the Delaheva hook and then you move into a reverse Delaheva. So I would move into a reverse Delaheva hook into that control, that guard. You're never the average person's never gonna 
try and deal with the Della Heva hooks. They're not going to know how to. And I'm yeah. never going to put myself in that position. Jiu-Jitsu only becomes complicated when we're up against other Jiu-Jitsu people. Yeah. So there's only really 20 or 30 things that I'll ever need to do. Yeah. Depending on the scenario I'm in. Maybe a triangle, possibly an armbar if I'm on my back, if I've been pushed over. More often than not, I'm trying to get back up on top and be the person on top to control them. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu gives you a great ability to either escalate a fight or de-escalate it. Yeah. No, no, I get that. Yeah. If you if you don't want to land any punches and you don't want to, any bruises for the police to ask any questions about, you can just put them in the on chest and give them a gift wrap or something, and you're, you're in control of them. If you want to cause them damage, <laughs> then you have more plenty of opportunities yeah. to do that. Well, that was that was one of the most interesting things. Like you said, to um, we have it, it's actually uh, my one of my good friends, my godson's uh, brother, who is is picked up jujitsu at a, at a young age. He's thirteen, but. You know, it was one of the things you said to him that's really interesting. Is it's scalable, yeah. like you know, and and I I was trying to I was trying to explain that to Ian because he was a bit confused by what that meant, and I said to him, I was like, yeah, Ian being the the kid's dad, um, I explained to him, I was like, well, what it means is, you know, a lot of this stuff you can start to apply the technique, and you can say calm down if you don't calm down mm. then x will happen then i'll choke you out then i'll rip your shoulder apart then mm. i'll take your leg mm. you know it's bad parenting uh, by the sounds of it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know that that is one of the the beautiful things about it um but that's yeah that's one of the things as well that i think very few people who watch the sport that haven't partaken in bjj get um is what it's actually like being on the ground it's a mm. truly horrific like and again, I go back to it's hard to try and describe to someone why we go through it. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. just something about it. But like, if someone asks you, it's like, well, does that mean? What does that feel like? Oh, it's terrible. Well, what does that feel like? That's also terrible. <laughs> what does it get like getting choked? Horrendous. What's terrible. it like being in armbar? Awful. Yeah. Like all, they're all. Terrible. Are you going to come back? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Be back. Oh, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, Can't wait. Tomorrow. You know. yeah. um, Do you have a lunchtime class? <laughs> <laughs> Can I stay on? Um, but uh, yeah, so Katz and Gano, uh, she. Uh, by the way, saying it again, every time she comes up, Alpha Cat, what a woman. Um, <laughs> yes, please. She is confident that she's first in line if something happens between Cyborg and Nunez. Um, it's a tough one because on the one hand, I'm a massive fan of Sangano, And on the other hand, Devil's Advocate, does she really deserve a title shot right now? No. But she would be an alternative and has built-in stories with both regardless of who falls out so from a promotional standpoint it makes sense well, she's done she has a, a, a horrific like a horrific victory well I'll say horrific victory I mean brutal victory over Amanda Nunes yeah is she the only girl to beat her I think so yeah I think the only girl to beat her in the UFC certainly and the Zingano uh, cyborg fight's been talked about for donkeys so I don't yeah. think I don't think it should go off without a hitch but it makes sense to have her on the card as an alternative Stylistically, I think she matches up well still with Nunez. I think Nunez striking has taken large leaps from the last time they fought, which would be my concern for Kat in that. But I do think that her style matches up quite well because she's a very uh, controlling ground fighter. You know, she's just more position over submission normally with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see her playing that game with Cyborg. I think Cyborg I just has too much power in her hands. Do you think she's well with either of them anymore? No, nah, Cyborg is 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 probably going to destroy anybody they put in front of her. I yeah. don't think there's any. Comparison. I think Nunez is the biggest 
challenge to her, but she's still. Well, I've heard she's big she favorite. drops blokes and sparring mm. and all. Oh yeah, you know, like uh, you know, she's apparently she she's not just a heavy hitter; like she's a heavy hitter regardless of gender. Um, yeah. Is this so, newness? Yeah, apparently. Mm. Um, you know, obviously there is a strength disparity, so it's it's very rare that you hear of. Uh, mm. You know, a, f- a female fighter dropping male partners repetitively. Like I think I've only heard of it happening once or twice. Yeah. And Nunez is one of the ones that cyborg the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, <laughs> she is actually. But uh, Nunez apparently who, got them sticks of dynamite in her fists. So. Who, who was the? Who did Nunez last? Fight. Rousey. Oh no, she fought since Rousey. She fought uh, Holly Holm. Oh, Holly Holm. Yes, Holly yeah. twice as well. She beat, twice. She fought Shevchenko twice. twice. Yeah. I thought she did she not uh, ah okay you're, yeah you're right yes yeah, I think so I think one might have been before she was champion so right. how is, is Shevchenko for cyborg no Shevchenko's too small to fight cyborg is this she? is at this is at featherweight <laughs> so this is the one forty five so normally Nunes fights at one thirty five yeah um I Shevchenko's think just dropped to one twenty five she has yeah, yeah from one because she's that that was the thing is she uh, she's fought lower than that before as well I think she fought Muay Thai at one hundred and twenty before uh, she fought. Uh, Joanna. Joanna twice mm. um, yeah, beat her no, twice Nunez last fought Raquel Pennington or she that's it that was the one the famous beat the snot out of her the coach, did. The coach yeah. wouldn't stop the fight in yeah. between rounds that was that's right it was yeah. absolutely pasting wasn't it yeah. it was horrendous yeah. pretty horrific four rounds finishes on a like if she could beat Cyborg she has to be the best female fighter ever like just looking at her record of the last few fights so battered Pennington beat Shevchenko battered Rousey Tapped out Misha Tate, beat Shevchenko before that, tapped out Sarah McCann before that. Oh, that's like, rough. It's a pretty good run. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, good for Kat getting in the mix, but I can't see it going well. Uh, DC says that if Brock enters the cage UFC 230, he'll, and I'll quote, slap his face. It's not very threatening, like, well, from let's a UFC so. heavyweight champ. I'll slap him in I'll the slap face. Him. Yeah. I'll slap him right um, in the face. It would be great to see, but to play party pooper, uh, Brock Lesnar is booked to wrestle in Saudi Arabia the day before, so chances of him being back in cage side, pretty low. Big thanks to Mel Brown, our WWE insider <laughs> for yeah. this episode. Um, it's my real passion. Ben Askren and... Uh, dude, don't say things like that in the podcast. It's not cool. <laughs> People start to believe that. They can't see your face. They can't see that you're joking. Don't don't pretend that <laughs> you still joking. watch that. Uh, no, it worries me though that you might not be. There's no indication that I'm joking whatsoever. Exactly. Well, you're giving nothing away. <laughs> ben Asker and a Mighty Mouse famously uh, this week. If, if you've been asleep all week, you might have missed it. But there's a trade has gone down between One FC and the UFC, with Mighty Mouse heading to the One uh, FC and Ben Asker heading back to the uh, states states to the UFC. So couple of things to look at here. First of all, dangerous precedent to set. Um, I think there's only a handful of fighters that realistically would be in a position where it makes sense. This is one of the ones that kind of makes sense, you know, mm. if we were to do it. And it's quite clear the UFC is going to drop the flyweight division. For like, I think that's quite obvious. Maybe not straight away, but it definitely doesn't look good. It doesn't. Um, ben Askren, obviously one of the biggest names to not fight in the UFC mm, yep. um, also probably one of the few people that you would have to fancy against Habib should they ever find a way to make the weights match up um, Ben Askren probably the best wrestler outside the UFC could be the best wrestler in the UFC could be <laughs> apparently he gives Woodley fits mm. so, well, it's, it's good because it's put up or shut up time 
you for know, Askren. Well, yeah, because it it would have been a shame if he had finished his career never competing with the best in his weight division, going undefeated. You know, it's nearly a missed opportunity. He needs, you know, if he, he comes in, he beats a few of the top guys, then he is entirely legitimized as, you know, could possibly be the best welterweight ever. Yeah, he, he could be. Um, you're a Ben Askren fan, I assume. Yeah, I like him, yeah. Um, well, I like I like I like to watch him fight. <laughs> I'll see I'll see what I think of him after this. One of the funny things I saw from him was he tweeted at Dana White, yeah, like saying like "Yo, boss, you need to unblock me because Dana White <laughs> hasn't blocked on Twitter." I always yeah. find it hilarious that Dana's just so like he takes things so personally. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're the president of a company going around like <laughs> block Blocked. this guy yeah. that's talking shit about me. It's Donald Trump of uh, so is you're yeah. so right of, of MMA. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. That's brilliant. I've never heard that analogy before. That's so accurate. Um. I think that the trade itself makes sense if UFC I, are getting rid of the... I don't. I don't see how a company could ever it, it, trade think someone how, as prestigious as Mighty Mouse. Think how p- pissed off you'd be if you were um, Cejudo as well. Oh. Yeah. You've just... I wanted to see the, the, the trilogy fight yeah. there, and now I... I think they could have built a story off it. Yeah. Because whilst, It's about one of the most... One of the only marketable fights in the yeah. flyweight division. Well, well, whilst he was unbeaten, you couldn't really sell those fights because yeah. people would want to watch because they want to see that continued record. Yeah. But it was a foregone conclusion. And then there was something that maybe a little bit different about the Cejudo fight. Not that in any way I called that that, that he would win. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely set up something. Yeah. So if I was Henry Cejudo, I'd be looking to go to 1FC now. Yeah. You, well, you've got to follow where the quality is. He can, that's he can, true. He's, he can batter people in the division he's in now for a while, but... So is the only thing Cejudo's been talking about is going up... To TJ Dillashaw to TJ territory. Dillashaw. I think that's a terrible move. Oh, God. Jesus, no. I think yeah. Dillashaw would murk him. He would. Is wrestling strong enough? It's obviously not the same calibre as, as Cejudo quite, mm. but, I mean, his, his wrestling base is strong. and His, his kicks. His kicks, and that's exactly mm. it. I could, I could see Cejudo getting just cut, like, cut yeah. down like a tree or catch a horrible, well-read knee coming in for a takedown. Mm. I think that's a, a... Stylistically, that's a terrible matchup because it's yeah. not striker versus grappler. Mm. It's guy who isn't afraid of getting taken down. No. And has dynamic striking mm. against your basically a wrestler. Having said that, so a massive a, improvement in his striking the last time out. So he was a Golden Gloves champion boxer. Is he? Yeah. That well, that never showed before the most recent fight. He's reasonably slick. There's just I don't I don't think it's a good idea. But there's nothing at flyweight other than Benavidez. Rematch. Yeah, it depends how ambitious he wants to be. Yeah, if he wants to, if he wants to just knock the crap out of people in that division, he can he can probably do yeah. that for the rest of the time until they they get rid of it. There's hardly anyone left in that division. No. Ray Borg is he still? Yeah, Ray Borg's still floating about. Yeah. But does he you beat know, Ray Borg though? Cejudo. Yeah. No, he hasn't. No, have they fought? No. Cejudo they- has fought. He beat Pettis. He beat Wilson Hayes. Mm. He lost to Benavidez and he lost to Mighty Mouse. So they really is. And he beat. Before that, he beat Formiga. So there's not a great deal there at all. Then, so you'd already, you'd already have one foot out the door, and you're sort of not like. Well, you've already, you've already got an exit strategy if you need to get out and get a, another fight and some more money. Well, Bellator might yeah. take him. Formiga is the number one contender who just beat Pettis. Suppose so. Who'd only beat him by a split decision? It's a couple of years. So you could maybe do that fight, but really, is that going to move the needle? No. no. Benavidez. He lost to Benavidez a year or two ago. Split decision. But is anybody like 
really interested in seeing Benavidez fight for titles anymore. Feels like he's had a lot of shots. Sorry, I'm just taking a piss. GSP <laughs> uh, and Habib is the rumoured fight to be happening. I assume this is going to be at 155, which makes sense considering the uh, photo that GSP put up of him looking very, very slim. Yes, that look on your face is correct, Mike. GSP was indeed a welterweight, but not this time by the looks of it. He was a middleweight he, last time. He, yeah, last time, last time out he was a middleweight, but apparently that ruined his body. Like He was just saying it was just horrific. Uh, he has... Carrying too much or something, and uh, yeah. having to eat as much as he did just wreaked havoc with him. He said he felt slower; he, he would never do it again. But he leaned down a lot. He changed his diet, and he posted a teaser picture where it looked as if he was cutting weight, maybe two months ago or something. Yeah. Um. So the rumors that we'd heard a while back were that the UFC wanted him to do a test cut to so show he could make it before they even mm-hmm. made you know made a, a fight. Looks like that's probably happened behind the scenes, to be fair. Failing that, Habib's a big boy, uh, was having seizures during the weight cut for Connor. Mm. So a 170 could be possible, uh, mm. but it's looking like it's going to happen at 155. I literally, I'm I'm backwards and forwards on this. I just can't, I can't pick. Like, what well, part of me is like, Habib's just so good. And then the other part of me is like, yeah, but GSP's so good. Yeah. It's so hard to call. <laughs> You'd probably have to favour Habib because we don't know what GSP looks like at 55. Oh, but other than that... That's massive. 50, lightweight division. Yeah. GSP lightweight. Fuck. Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, he was, I mean, he was... That was a big cut for welterweight normally. For him, apparently, he walked around about 190. Yeah. I think the only reason it's happening at 55 is because they can't put a belt on that fight otherwise. Yeah, yeah, it's got to, yeah. it's got to sell. It's got to, yeah. it's got to have a, a purpose that fight, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, unless you, yeah, because yeah, you're right. Because it's not real. Like they like to market super fights as champion versus champion, yeah. or someone coming up to fight a champion. But you know, GSP doesn't currently hold anything. But I mean, obviously, it's I GSP. Wouldn't... So he he would he could hold the middleweight and the lightweight. And not hold the welterweight. So he doesn't have the middleweight now. Or oh, has he been stripped of that? Yeah, okay, so he, right. he handed yeah. that over. Um, Whitaker has it. Whitaker has it, that's right. But yes. he is all about legacy and he would be uh, the only three-weight world yeah. champion. He'd be the only person that's had one belt yeah, in three-weight yeah. classes. So Which it's is still me- mental when you think about it. Because and it's 30 pounds difference. The fact that he's been stripped means nothing really anyway. He's, no. it, yeah. he's still the champion at that way. Until Whitaker yeah. beats him, he's still that. He kind of showed up and proved his point. He was like, showed up. Won the middleweight belt and it disappeared again. Well, his he the lineal middleweight champion. Yes, was Bisbing the lineal or middleweight champion? Yes. In terms of like a boxing champion, you mean? Yeah, you know, it's all you know. Regardless yeah. of who holds the belts, the, the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. Yeah, you, you yeah, usually yeah, track yeah, it. Bisping beat Rockhold. Rockhold. I know, but I'm just I was champion. just trying to think back if there'd ever yeah. been a gap and someone else had taken no, it. No, it was Whitaker and Romero. Or no, was it Whitaker? Who was it? He fought to unify. Wyburn? No, um, no, because it was after injury, was it not? What? What go in Romero? It's happened twice. Yeah, 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 but it was the first one was to unify the belt, was it? It was, it was for the Jackery. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. yeah, the first one was for that vacant belt, yes. and then and then Rockhold and Romero fought for the interim. Which and, and then, Romero won, yes. but couldn't get because he missed weight. And yes. then they had another one. Yes, messy, right. yes. messy situation. It's, confusing. it's way too confusing. Yeah. It is. I hate the system of 
That yeah, can never actually stay on top of it. Stupid. It's, yeah. it's it is it's a nightmare. Like it's the same with like I mean Tyson Fury is the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. Yet well, I think he holds no belts. Yeah, but it's different when the fighters are active, which then makes it all mm. a stranger. Because but, you can't even say, well, you know, GSP was the lineal champ, but then he retired. But if he hasn't retired, then that makes that whole division yeah. weird. Mm. Boxing, though, as well, they they make quite an effort to try and get that those fights to happen to, yeah. to, so it becomes undisputed. Yeah. MMA, or UFC in particular, doesn't seem in any rush because it doesn't necessarily sell. So well, they, they used to. I think that's the big thing which fans have sort of turned against the UFC because Dana's whole... Ethos. And the Fertitas, yeah, the ethos was that it's the best fighting the best and, yeah. you know, we're not like boxing or Pride or whoever where, yeah. you know, you have these freak fights. It's just, you know one versus two to see who's the best but we've long abandoned that but um i don't know like part of me wants to see gsp habib and then part of me thinks it's stupid and then i flip flop back and forth on it i'd probably like that fight the best version of that fight happens at 170 pounds mm. and it sounds like you're not going to get that i wonder will they do that for 165 Oh, that's a good point. Because, because then they can put a belt on. Yeah, so they're talking about yeah. obviously doing the one sixty five thing. But the thing is I think they've reserved that for Connor and Nate. I really do. I, I strongly don't th- believe I don't that. I think they can put Connor and Nate in any title fights at the minute. Why? Like you, wait, because how many times have I, how many times have I said on air if it's if there's money to be made the UFC will do it and then you always I, say I think, true, true. I think Connor versus Nate three makes the same amount of money regardless. I don't think you need a belt on it. Ah, trilogy fight probably you're probably right but you I, can't have Nate Diaz in a title fight no I know I, I know especially that. oh I know but I'm just the saying UFC like, don't I don't know I think I think there's still some although they're very distant and fuzzy limits mm-hmm. to what they will do but I Especially because how Connor looked against Habib, mm. I don't think anybody would be buying it as this guy's the champion in a weight division above. I don't know. People believed all yeah. of it. Like. I, I, if it's going to happen though, over the next two, three months, four, six months, there'll be a lot of bullshit news stories yeah. about how they hate each other, trying to get that that sort of yeah. um, animosity going again, so that it has some background. Yeah. Um, no one probably really... Well, I suppose someone might want to see a rematch with Khabib, but it's going to go the same way, I'd say. Yeah. So yeah. there's only the, maybe the Nate Diaz fight. That I think the McGregor camp... Not that I... I'm, this is all my own opinion. Not, I'd say that they would probably fancy the Nate Diaz fight because A, it's got the, the, the earning potential and then also it's a fight that they can win. I would I think it's the, it. I think it's the only fight. Yeah. If, you're, if I was advising Connor. It would be the only fight I tell him to take. The, uh, I don't know. I would no be, other fight other than Habib's going to make you anywhere close. To I'd be inclined. And would you want to go through that again? Well, that's the thing because it just loses you stock. Need, you need to bounce back so that yeah. if you do Habib too, you need to be coming in with some credibility. Yeah, really yeah. bounce back and he's won. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, c- I could, I could see that. Like that is the fight. Um, if the he fight, wants to be yeah. a, a baller, he fights Ferguson. No, no. But then, you, then you get actually tuned up, and that's two guys in a row that. Have I don't been know the if he does you. get tuned up, with Ferguson. I think he probably. Ha- it's definitely a less favorable fight uh, than than Diaz, but I don't know. Like I mean, Connor can't like Louis got completely shot on by Habib. Connor Connor's boxing is is well, his striking is is dynamic, and let's let's be fair. Like uh, Ferguson gets hit, he gets oh, he does, hit. Yeah. Um, but 
problem is that he doesn't he, get stopped though. Yeah. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Is the problem is he doesn't really get stopped a lot. The other no. thing is he would have the same problem that he had with Diaz in that he would almost be scared to go to the ground. Mm. You saw in the second fight a few times where he was going to follow up and you could hear Coach Cavanaugh going, no, Connor, no, stand back, stand back. Because, yeah. you know, it, like, the, the Diaz brothers, BJJ, is just legit as fuck. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Um, I think they're desirable and winnable in the same order. Yeah. You don't want Habib. Tony's all right. Nate's best. Yeah. I think it, Khabib doesn't bring with him all that marketing power. Whereas mm. the Diaz brothers do, they they oh, can, yeah. they mm. they're not particularly great communicators in terms of like interviews and things, but they will give plenty of ammunition for for bitching. Yeah, and then they also are very popular. Khabib just brings with him fight, and yeah. and a if bunch you of angry Russians, yeah, and if, also yeah. Fight. if you're McGregor, you probably think actually I'd rather just go with the ones that are are, yep. are up for a bit of bitching. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent less less aggro. Hundred mm. percent. I don't think Tony has a big enough fan base either to. To particularly sway that, and, and not massive a, in Mexico, has he not got a huge following there? El Kakoi, the boogeyman. Yeah. I don't know if he is. I don't know if he just plays that card or if he's actually mm. popular there. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be popular like Canelo Alvarez is there. Yeah, yeah. I was about to. Uh, well, Cain Velasquez treading the the racist path. Very well, not closely. really. Like well, it's, it's like, like, it's is, like he, us. is he Mexican? Like Nate Diaz is Mexican. I don't know. Is or he, is he Mexican answer? like Canelo Alvarez? Is well, I don't Mexican. know. That's a good question. I don't actually. Is he, you know, that's what I mean. Is, like, he, is, he, is he like Mexican American? Like American Hispanic descent, or or or? I think his dad's yeah. Mexican, isn't he? Yeah, I, I took it as him actually having a massive following there. Yeah, I don't know. I well, just don't know if Tony has a massive following. Does the UFC have a big following in Mexico? They tried to make a big push, and it blew up on their face when they yeah. had Kane fight Verdum, and Kane showed up injured, fat. Yeah, yeah, up a mountain, no cardio, and yeah. got tapped in the first yes. round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they've been back since. Fair point. Oh no, they did. They had that god awful Ultimate Fighter, oh, coached by that's Chuck right. and Forrest that's Griffin. That's right. What was it called? It's called some Latin America as well. Was that it? Yeah. So, dear, dear, dear. music you know what time it is if you've been here before it's time for the saints and sinners for those of you here new uh, the saints and sinners is the section where we have had the mma god's blessing to rule on those who are saint worthy and those who are sinners and shall have to repent for their sins uh mike summers has also been blessed by the mma gods uh, his opinion is just as important as ours this week the word is anointed anointed <laughs> he has been anointed well you you're the one with the theology degree mel so that you i will bow down to your superior knowledge on that um so yeah let's get right into it first up uh it's gonna have to be coach kavanagh i am going to have to put him forward as a sinner and um, the reason is because he put up a long post um, basically excusing our team Lubov, saying that, you know, he was basically having a go at anyone for having an opinion on him. You know, this is a guy who's a 14 and 14, now 14 and 15 fighter. So he's a losing record. A lot of people before the fight saying he shouldn't be in the UFC, etc., etc. And he's basically, Coach Kavanaugh jumped to his fighter's defense, um, which I do understand to an extent, but it went a little overboard. Like, the, the bottom line is... If he was good, he would be winning. 
you know that's that's ultimately it um he was trying to say that you know well, well unless you would do what he does you know yeah but we're allowed to comment on yeah that doesn't exist unfortunately in sports like that's a stupid stance to take that you can't have an opinion on something because you're not doing it like yeah we've all watched sports and had an opinion or commented there's literally you know internet sites tv shows blogs radio shows full of people who you know help promote your sport who have never ever partaken in it well one of the things that was ironic to me was you know, he said so don't cut fighters who lose more than they win obviously not someone like cm punk who although entertaining clearly could not compete at ufc level uh, against someone who's a one and no amateur and zero and two as a pro so what's he done he's instantly referred to somebody else's records to admonish the reasons why well he you used, know he used that as a roosevelt quote the yeah. the man in the arena which is stupid for this it's because just dumb. We didn't see him punk out get cut anyway. Yeah, he did. But the thing is that what he's what what he's what he's trying to say. So like one of the things he said, what happened when he met perennial contender Cub Swanson, BJJ Blackfelt, aggressive, creative striker with a huge amount of experience. You'd think he'd get KO'd or subbed in a minute or two, right? Wrong. Well, the best thing he said about Artem's career is that yeah, well, he's not getting knocked out. So <laughs> only if because that's he all has you can say. Freak chin. If, if that's all you can say mm-hmm. about your fighter. Did he not say something like he's not going to be a world champion? Yeah, yeah. He also, yeah, he doesn't have the skills. It's like, oh god, I don't know whether I'd be. Yeah, that's not a great. Yeah, I'd yeah. be thinking I need to get out of this gym, even if even if I knew that I didn't have the capabilities. Yeah, well, he's defending him because fighters are funny and it's a funny sport. Because saying that quote, "Oh, he's the man in the arena," is it's a fail safe because no one can question that because. We all know the hard work and dedication and the mm. the no suffering. That, yeah, yeah, the suffering you go through as a, as a, as a fighter. So it makes it hard to question. You know, like oh, you can't question that because you know what they go through. But he's looking and defending him as a friend. You know, who yes. sees him in the gym. It's an emotional response. Yeah, it's an emotional response, and lots of people, you know, us included, aren't don't have that connection with him. And you know. Well, John tried. John tried to say at the start of it, it's like, well, if you're only interested in records. Well, kinda. Well, that's why we watch the the peak of the peak. Well, yeah, sport well, yeah. fight. You know, records are more important in f- combat sports than any other sports because they are literally reflective of your performance. Performance. The record got us. There's got to be records, and there's got to be a, a proper um, ranking system so that yeah. we know we're getting the right, the best people to watch. Yeah. If they yeah. want us to pay our, our, our subscriptions to BT or whatever to fight past, we want to watch the best fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And if the records, that's a shit. We're not going to tune in for it. No. Diminishing their own product or diluting the product. But he was also defending, you know, that oh, people just don't like him because he's Connor's mate. And there probably is an element of truth. There's an element that. of it. It's but like at the same yeah. time, he's a 14 and 14 fighter. 14 and 15. Well, before this fight, uh, in a co-main event. And you're trying to argue that he doesn't get special treatment. Mm. There's no well, no other he, fighter with a record close to that getting those opportunities. Me. Was it Coach Kavanaugh? Will, <laughs> sort of admitted that he was getting preferential treatment because he was Connor's friend, but he was just going, does he get special treatment? Kind of, but... And it's like, well, no, 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 no. Yeah. Stop. The reason that we're the people are, are shitting on our team, for lack of a better word, is exactly what you've just said. Like, And he also tried to do the, oh, well, so everybody should get cut after they lose. Well, you'd be cutting half the card. They do cut it's half not, the card. They do, yeah, yeah. But they do cut a lot, but it's not about losing one fight. It's that he has lost 
many fights over He's, and over again you know, yeah they've, they've cut people in the past that you'd think i'd kill to see that person fight they've again guys who have won fish yes, coming off wins, fish, yeah like that they've cut people in the past for for their style yeah yeah and then you get a guy that's a punch bag i'm not punch bag well no he kind of is yeah I, I sauce- it's an easy it's for for the, anyone that's anti conor mcgregor it's an easy dig yeah yeah to say i oh, look at your, your mate he's nothing special um but there comes a point where you just got to look at the record and think, right, you, something needs to happen. He's what two and six in the UFC. Yep. You know, oh, come on. No man. one else. Is no one else would be hang around. Right yeah. And never mind hang about, but getting Comian slots. You and know. you know what? It would be different if the UFC were coming out and saying, look, he always, you know, he, he, he's always game. He was always, you know, we as a company can rely on him to always turn up, always make weight. I would kind of, to an extent, almost understand that from a business perspective. If someone was going to come out and acknowledge it... I get those arguments. My thing against that is, that's fine if you're doing something average. Mm. You know, that is the minimum you expect of anybody doing anything, Mm. any profession. He turns up, he's all right, but he's reliable. True. This is elite fighting. This is the 0.1%. You know, it shouldn't be enough that, oh, well, he shows up and he makes weight and Ali fights... Yeah. Well, we we actually had a really long conversation, um, Mike, the, uh, about a, a week or two ago about SBG and and their record, and like their their record, it's like seventy five or eighty percent losing record or something That's along those great. lines, isn't it? It's and the thing is, our team is an an exemplary example of what they offer. There is another dozen of our teams that have come out of that gym, and you know, I'm really curious to see what happens with the fleet of them that have just been signed by Bellator because on paper and the way that, you know, everything's being hyped, you know, Kiefer Crosby, Richard Kiley, um, you know, these are guys that are going to light the world on fire. No, these are guys that I have a bad feeling, you know. Well, well, to hopefully, be fair, the, hopefully, hopefully some were wrong. Yeah, you know, there's, the cream will rise to the top. Plus, Richard Kiley is one of the nicest, uh, like, he's one of the nicest dudes. Like, I've met him a couple of times and he's, he's like, I, in fact, I he is one that I, it's an interesting one because he not only has world-class kickboxing, but he does have the right, he has a way of getting under people's skin and I think mm. that he could get it, talk himself into the, to, to, to good fights because, who was it? He was trying to fight, he was trying to fight Lorenz Larkin. Because he was saying, like, he's like, when you were here sparring, I paced you up. Mm. That's a good way to get under someone's skin. Because whether it's true or not, you're going to get triggered by that. You're going to want to fight that guy. Well, we'll see how they do. But as for John Kavanagh, though, sinner? I think so. I think so. I think we're going to have to make him a sinner. Mike, you you can be the voice of reason (laughs) here. and I think he's, he's just protecting his person, so I'll go along with that. Okay. Fair <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mike. <laughs> Mel, who you got? I have a very naughty boy, a forgotten man, Stephen Bonner, Mister Boner, Mister Boner. Um, doing a wee bit of drink driving again, again, and again. This is third time. Is it? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about that. That makes him even naughtier. Even naughtier, indeed. Um, yeah, apparently had to be restrained by. Civilian. Imagine having to restrain him. Yeah, Stephen Bonner's a big boy. He's Imagine like, he's, he's a bloody light heavyweight ex UFC fighter. Six four and definitely on the juice. He must have been some state like yeah. if members of the quote unquote public had the restraint. <laughs> uh, oh, imagine opening the door and seeing like Rampage Jackson just hammered. I'd be like, nope, no, 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 no. The cops, <laughs> they've guns. Here's your keys. Yeah, I. What more can you say? 
I think that is pretty appalling, especially from someone. He's the wife and kids and all, and uh, not that not that people with wives and kids he, don't make you know don't sin, but uh, he's one of those guys who uh, lost his job with the UFC. I think one when the company was bought over, and then he did that god awful fight with Tito and Bellator, mm. and just doesn't really seem to have it together anymore. And do you think this is new sort of age old tale of retired <laughs> fighter? Doing it, nothing it, but drinking with their it, life. It does drunk. does look a bit yeah. that way. Uh, ho- hopefully, it's not. And it was just a. I hope not. Also, just a nice. Well, as we say, hopefully it's nicely done, Sim. But as you pointed out, it is not. He's a UFC legend as well. So yeah. Hopefully. Well, this is this is what makes it all the more powerful that he he lost his job with the UFC because he had mm. a cushy, you know, not fighting job. He had a was it, it was like an analyst or well, like they give him fighter relations or forest and you know yeah he get like token jobs yeah, that no, keep the pay coming well, in and for them to to you know throw that away because look here's the thing we've talked about this in Saints and Sinners before Dana White as much of a scumbag as he may appear to be he <laughs> apparently has immense amounts of loyalty to a select few and you know the likes of Stephen well, Bonner. I, if you do something for him apparently. Yeah, you know, like well, Matthews. without Stephen Bonner and that fight, there yes, he's gone. Well, yeah. well, we don't know how it could have turned out, but it certainly wouldn't have turned out the same way. Well, I have heard Dana White say that if that fight didn't go, that the UFC would not have. Yeah, so did forty million at that point they were in debt, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. something like that. So yeah, naughty boy. I I'm gonna I'm gonna send them straight to hell for that. Yeah, not long term. But they can go down there, spend a couple of weeks. Think about what you've done. Think about what you've done. Come back <laughs> yeah. up and then come back come up back for the rest of life. <laughs> Six weeks in hell. Six weeks is a bit long. We'll give him. Well, what's the standard? Uh, it's a standard course. A month in the priory. Let's we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A month in the priory <laughs> in hell. In hell. <laughs> um, obviously, though, uh, when we remove the jokes from it, um, hopefully it isn't actually a quote unquote problem. Hopefully it is bad decision making from funnily enough being drunk um, if it is we as always wish him a speedy recovery may the MMA gods be with you Stefan Bonner you sinner you um, I am going to put forward USADA um, Boo. yeah I'm going to put forward USADA uh, for well so Paulo Reyes basically has just been given a 6 month suspension right for tainted supplement and it's Ostering which again Marvin Vittori the Italian dream uh, he came out and said that he has the same substance in his system the thing that frustrates me about this is Paulo Reyes they have uh, USADA have acknowledged that it was a tainted supplement they, he handed over the supplements they got them lab tested and went yep there's the one that caused it have a 6 month suspension sir well it's the exact same thing they did to Yul Romero, and I think it was the same substance. They did it to Josh Barnett, Junior DeSantos, and they've all been found to have tainted... Uh, Lil Nog as well. Uh, all have been tainted substances, which surely... By definition. Yeah, admonishes any guilt. Well, I think uh, they're, they're So to be punished for that seems very odd. Their argument is that, you know, you're the athlete, you're responsible for what you put in your body, and I understand that... But well, how on earth would they have known, considering that it's been proven that the supplement was tainted? How would you know a supplement was so tainted? That's, that's exactly my question, is, you know, unless you, USADA are going to come out and go, right, okay, we're going to test these supplements in advance and give them a stamp that says USADA approved. Mm-hmm. So what are the fighters expected to do that? Are they expected uh, expected to? And you see this a lot in BJJ as well. You know, people getting suspended for 
um, tainted supplements. You know, mm. it's it's something that is is common because all of those drugs are just made in big vats in China. Mm. You know, where they've made steroids or ostrich. Is there much testing at high level BJJ? Yeah, yeah there is. There is yeah. In the world, there would be in some of the other ones. So I remember watching Yabby Dabby's a few times, and some of yeah, these guys uh, were just sweating. Uh, ADCC, yeah, definitely would. Some of them would not have been tested. No. It's safe to say. Um, a couple of real uh, ADCC 2011. If you go back and watch the year uh, it was in England, there was plenty. The Nottingham one, yeah, there was yeah. a lot. I remember watching Pal Harris tear a few legs apart in that. And yep. he, well, that guy's like what five foot six and two hundred plus pounds. Enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ripping people's legs off, clean yeah. off. Yeah, um, well, he's he's known for not letting go either. Yeah. He, he was absolute freak in that uh, that year, and the same all natural though. <laughs> Naughty bara. There were some other ones as well that were sort of wouldn't pass the sniff test. No, I think that USADA need to, for a change instead of being the ones administering the punishment. I think it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, um, I think they need to spend. I'm not going to send them to hell because I understand that they're trying to uphold the integrity of the sport. Purgatory. Purgatory. They need to spend some time in purgatory, send some Hail Marys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How many? I, I don't know. What's six the months sta- worth what's of a standard. What's the standard? Co- yeah, a six-month suspension yeah. from drug testing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Dose their own medicine. <laughs> from, they can claim it's a tainted supplement all they want. See how that argument goes it down. It doesn't matter because you're getting six months regardless. Correct, yeah. Oh, it's a tainted supplement, so it wasn't actually your fault. No problem. Six-month suspension. Bam. You as well? Same. Um, See, a third of all cases all cases within MMA have been cleared because of the tainted supplements. Yeah, and yeah. Like well, that's well, who's <laughs> paid for their time off work? Who knows? No one. You know, like, who, like, who, who has paid for that? What, well, the fans have lost out and the fighters have lost and the ability to put the channel on the table. Yeah. It's and the promotion. Fuck, fuck the promotion. Who cares? No, about that? Just, like, they lose out on an asset as well. Oh, sorry, well, yeah. an independent yeah. contract. Which is why I've t- I said this to you at the time whenever USADA and the UFC came to like a deal. That's why I find it suspicious because it's in the UFC's interest. I still maintain that they should take the best fighters and have them fight either on a giant boat or island where no there rules. is no rules. Headshots, no groin strikes, and, and all of the all steroids, the steroids you, can you want. Yeah. <laughs> like just give me Brock Lesnar versus Overeem 2. In the no, middle one of the round, Atl- yeah, one in, unlimited time in, limit in, round in international waters with all the pills and all any handcrafted weaponry. Yeah, but you're only allowed to like. That's the future of combat sports. The future of combat sports is probably going to be some weird VR thing. No, it's not. It's it's going to be on Saudi princes' yachts, like like the Tyson Fury fight. Yeah. Did you hear about that? So Tyson Fury um, and Klitschko and Klitschko, basically some like oil billionaire was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to do it in a stadium. I want you to do it on our cruise ship <laughs> for like, you know, 500 people watching. Yeah. But I just, I did, but I'd loved his response, which was, if you can afford it, why not? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you owned that cruise ship, just be like, what's on tonight, lads? Oh, Tyson Fury's fighting Klitschko if you want to go. Nah, I mean, shares on in the yeah. <laughs> No, we have a share drag act on, yeah. but I just think we'll do that instead. Um, who else are you going to put forward? I would like to put forward Derek Lewis. And I, I know we uh, gave him a permanency into it last time out. We did, because his balls was hot. They were. But uh, <laughs> I think he needs speech. a sainthood, honest sainthood, for, uh, I saw him running 
in the countdown show. What? Moving faster than a walk and claiming to have been training three hours a day for this fight. So he has literally upped his training sixfold. He claimed that all the cardio, all the training he was doing, including his sex life, was all cardio-based for this fight. I love that his <laughs> sex life is cardio-based, as opposed to what? Like, was it weightlifting sex life before? You know, I don't know. Maybe he's going for more reps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going... Lower weight, more I'm reps. Lower, lower weight, more reps. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I'm always on board. How do you feel about Derek? I like him. I think he's brilliant. His Instagram account's been hilarious for the last six months or so, and now starting to sort of... The 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 fight the other week uh, was it uh, Volkov? Yep. yep, yep, and that you could just see it. The last thirty seconds, he was just going to go ape shit on him, um, and was just sizing him up, and then just unloaded that big overhand right. Was it? That's was all it? he needs. Yeah. yeah, just dropped him and then followed it up. It was brilliant. It's it's hard to it's hard to not like believe that that training for three hours a day is going to be helpful. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't, the I, second I, best heavyweight on earth. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Like, I mean, he made it to the second best without training three hours a day. Ugh. Like, I can't, I still can't wrap my head around that. Like, think about how much we have to train to see slight improvements. <laughs> and he's just so, he's just that physical freak. It's He literally, as you said, with that right hand, he just has this also in the countdown show, he went and got uh, was it a DEXA scan? Yeah, and he is down from twenty three percent body fat to twenty and a half percent body fat. This elite level athlete. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> come is there? Oh jeez, about fifty five. I think he's, he's, he's went over the he fifty percent. He is a freak, isn't he, yeah. yeah, he is. But he has that like. He had, just has that wrestling trunk, like mm. that lower He's half. got those birthing hips. He does. He's got <laughs> them big birthing <laughs> hips. And just when he turns those hips over, like, uh, you're See, in Foxville. DC said that uh, he's still planning on going to light heavyweight to defend his title. He weighed in at 246 pounds against Stipe. Mm. That's... He's also, what, 40, 41? Well, uh, you know, funnily enough, Michael Johnson, who um, I think we'll get on to soon enough, um, he was saying he cut... He had to cut thirty pounds in a week to to try and make but it. But that's even crazier considering that yeah, the percentage small. of his body yeah. weight. Yeah, but it just goes to show you what these guys are capable of. You know, whenever they actually push come to shove. You know, um, well, I of course I'm all on board. We will re-saint him, so he is now Saint Saint, Saint Derek Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. I love it, love it. Uh, Dana White, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give him... This is what annoys me, is we've had him as a saint, then a sinner, then a saint, then a sinner, but he's, he's, he's on our shit list again. He, went, he said, Mighty Mouse never got the credit or love he deserved from the fans. Yeah, maybe because all you ever did was shit on the flyweight division and, and, and constantly, constantly say about how no one wants to watch those fights. Well, funny, when the president of the business says no one wants to watch it, guess what happens? Mm. No one wants to watch it. Instead of, I wish more people mm. were watching these guys. The skill level is unbelievable. Like, I mean, what kind of seals is that? Yeah, but they, there was no, there was no wider fighters for them. There was just DJ, and that was it. They, um, they, they did try to push a wee bit towards the end. Yeah, but too little, too late. I think it's not like the division above with with Dillashaw, uh, Cruz, Garbrandt. No. You could make, you could make a compelling argument for that division yeah he's a victim of his own success Dana White no no Mighty Mouse Mighty Mouse yeah 
Yeah, you're right. Um, but because they did try to push, like I'll, I'll give credit where credits due. They, they especially when he broke the title defense record. Yeah, they pushed the Cejudo fight and they pushed the Borg fight. Yeah, but mm, well, White. He did, he did get he did headline pay per views and they they never did sell well. So you know, in one aspect he's right, but that's probably a result of his own promotion. Dana White needs to make a solid offering to the MMA gods. Um, Buddha likes rice, bowls of food, etc. The MMA gods like cold hard cash. So um, since we're their representatives, it seems simply right that Dana sends the cash directly to us and we will ensure that it gets to the MMA gods bank of well, in my case, of Halifax, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see from the there. We'll see bank from there. with Halifax. Um, and I think you have one more to go, don't you? Yes, we're. I am putting forward as a saint, Artem Lubov. Okay, I'm assuming for the Michael Johnson witness scenario. Yep, it seemed one too nice for his own good. If that is the case, because. If I'm getting, I think it's 20%, isn't it? If yep. you miss weight, you're stupid if you're handing that over. But you're also a nice guy because he knew it was short notice. So can't really complain about Artem in that, in that case. Yep. However, I also want to put forward Michael Johnson as a sinner. Not only did he miss weight, which is bad enough, Artem was gracious enough to offer him it back. Now, apparently this hasn't happened yet. And Michael okay. Johnson has spoken to a couple of MMA media outlets questioning whether Artem will honour this. Now, if I missed weight, you just assume the money's gone. And if someone's, you know, saying that, you don't che- you don't essentially chase them up on it afterwards. Like, that is literally out of someone's good graces. Uh, yeah, I can kind of see your argument. But I think, you know, I think our team shouldn't be saying that if he doesn't have intentions it uh, for you know yeah but you, you well, which is fair enough but the you, man. you don't go to the media about it no maybe not you maybe put in a little phone call to our team and go yo dog you still got me covered for that we still going for that yeah but you're yeah. not really in, it's an odd one because you're not really in a position to either well i mean our team certainly you know i i, I understand why he took the approach he did it was a last minute fight and had to cut 30 pounds he only missed weight by one pound as well which you know to be fair i think that in non-championship environment it's not it's not a big deal if you, you have know, to cut 30 pounds in a week you miss by one pound when you're asked can you take the fight you should know if you can make weight or not that is too much weight to lose in a week so i have no sympathy for michael johnson in this scenario because he was asked can you make the weight? He didn't have to say yes. Devil's advocate, though, he apparently only found out 10 minutes beforehand that he would not get the extra R. So, presumably, he thought he could make it. And, you know, he nearly... Look, I would understand what you're saying if he was four or five points out. Oh, yeah. One point out. So, I can understand, like, you know, it's like, could you make it? Yes, I can make it. And then you miss by one point when you've cut 30. You know, it's kind of fair enough. Like, I get it, but it's, but, but it's his contractual agreement. Well, that is true. You know, you can't moan about your money being taken away if you don't make the, the requirements. Well, seeing our team Lubov, then it is. And MJ, I don't think it's bad enough to go to hell. I think he definitely needs to spend some time. Purgatory's pretty full these days. Purgatory is pretty full these days, but we're going to have to make room for him. He's a small guy now. After all that weight, he's cut 29 pounds. You, can, you know, if we give him a bit of notice, he can cut down to 135. We'll, we'll fit him in, like, we'll fit him in. He can stay down in Purgatory for a couple of weeks, um, but hopefully we'll see him again soon. So that's it for the Saints and Sinners. May the MMA gods be with you both. And also with you.
UFC 230 is just around the corner. Uh, we, as always, are going to make some predictions for the main card. Um, Mike, feel free to join in with the predictions if you wish. If we'll nothing do. else, Thank you. give us your thoughts on the, the fights. The first one we want to talk about is Derek Brunson and Israel Adesanya. Uh, Israel Adesanya being on a massive upward trend. Um, we've both been on this hype train for quite a while. Um, have, have you seen much of Adesanya? No, I haven't. I'll fess up. Okay. Um, no. Well, Adesanya is probably, I'd say, the, the closest thing we have now to Anderson Silva okay. in terms of the way he moves, in terms of his his matrix-style mm-hmm. movement. Um, it's, it's crazy to watch. He absolutely picked apart uh, Brad Tavares. He's obviously an excellent fighter mm-hmm. and he made him look like an amateur every opportunity. The only thing that kept him in that was just how tough Tavares was. The only thing yeah. kept him in that fight, but it, it, Adesanya beat the shot out of him for five rounds. Um, Derek Bronson, strong, big guy, mm-hmm. um, decent wrestler, touched Chinny for my liking and gets hit a lot. He does get hit a lot. Um yeah, it's hard to see past Adesanya. Like, Brunson is... He's, he's not top five, is he? He must be. He's number six. Number six. Number six. Mm. It's about the right level you'd want to see. Derek Brunson's never going to be a title challenger. He sort of fought some of the elite guys and lost to them. Um, but saying that, he only loses to elite guys. That so is true. That is true. If Adesanya can get past him, then, yeah, you know, you have a new contender. Absolutely, if someone certainly that that you know well, the only thing is though you say that, but do you really want to see him fight? You know, do you think Adesanya's ready for Weidman or or it depends, Souza, it depends how or? he looks. If he comes and fights Brunson and it's a bit of a stalemate or a razor close decision, well then no, you keep him, you keep him down. It's from that sort of six to ten ranking, and I don't know, I don't know who well, you have him fight. Some, something of note for you, Mike, in this is that. Um, he is 14-0-0, and it's 88% knockouts, mm-hmm. the rest, decisions, no subs, right? But he's fallen in love with jiu-jitsu, apparently. Uh, he was saying that like he's just absolutely fallen in love with it. He's, yeah. he's kickboxed it in a, as a professional. Um, and he's come out and said that he, he's going to tap Bronson in the first round. So Just looking at his takedown defense is 81.82%, yeah. which... Surprising, it's massively high. Yeah, yeah. I, like Brunson's is one hundred percent, but his is eighty one. So that's a stri- it's a striker, is he predominant? Oh, oh yeah. well, massively yeah. so. But what's interesting is he's threatening to 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 take this yeah. to the ground early, especially with. See, this is why I love about Adesanya. If you you'll start to see, like th- this could be his breakout fight where people right. really really start to. I mean, there's a bit of a hype train, but it's only sort of hardcores that mm-hmm. would be high on him. If he beats Bronson, who's in the that more of the casuals know, yep. this could be the, that hype train going choo-choo the whole way. But what's interesting is that if you listen to the way he talks, he was on Joe Rogan, and he has the right mind for the sport. You know, everything yeah. everything he says, you're like, I like this, I like this, I like this. And what's interesting is when he says that he plans to tap Bronson, I don't think he's saying that. To, he, you know, I think he has a plan. Or, or at least something that he is going to try and and do. You know, he's he's not he's not like Connor where he says that and then you know that's not never been part of his plan. Um, but if he does, you know, you you hit the nail on the head. He's got good takedown defense, which obviously as a predominant striker is all he needs. But setting that precedent against someone like Bronson, who is you know he's he's got that wrestling base. Mm. You know, I, I'd be very 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 intrigued to see if he if he does. 
Off his back, he might be pretty dangerous. Him. He could be. He's a he's a long, gangly mm. guy too. You Andre know. Galvai just give him his blue belt. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So I mean, you know, granted, that's maybe not necessarily. You know, when you think of it, like a blue belt versus Derek Bronson, but you know, it's a Derek. prestigious guy to get it from. Oh yeah, it's one of the best yeah. grapplers of all time. Yeah, yeah, and and this is what I mean about everything he says is, mm. you know, he said I'm going to go and train with the best for A B C D. You know, right. he, he, he very has, well could. I still think it's just a bit of misdirection I think he finishes him on the feet I think he finishes him on the feet purely probably. because Bronson gives him that opportunity worst case scenario he goes for a kick and gets caught and gets put on his back yeah um, yeah okay he might get smashed from there but if he's if he's confident in his jiu-jitsu you never know well true true um, and, and also Atos Galval's team yeah they're the best team the best jiu-jitsu team on the planet yeah really yeah wow that's high praise yeah they are, they've won the world's last two years running in Nugi. Nogi, Nogi, they, they, they are the best. They have they, well, you'd have like other teams that would maybe contend that, but um, mm. yeah, in terms of the world championships, they've won it two years running, and um, I think they've won it. Yeah, they have, and uh, they would have the best sort of technical, well, some of the best technical guys, especially if we guard. So if he's yeah. a blue belt there, the chances are he's rolling with a high level. Fair enough. Excellent. Um, I think we're both heavily favouring. It's hard to imagine how Derek Brunson gets it done really but yeah I'm going to go well, second round TKO for he, yeah. he could he could take him down and just control it and, and not let the guy that is it. true yeah he could just start that dropping elbows so that is true yeah no you're right if, if there is a path to victory for Bronson that is exactly it Um, I think Adesanya will get a second round TKO I'm going first round Um, the next fight that we want to talk about is David Branch uh, versus Jared Cannonier. We talked last week on the podcast about how unlucky Branch was. Uh, he lost the Weidman fight. Um, or sorry, the... No, it was Weidman, wasn't it? No, Jacare. Oh, sorry. A Jacare fight. And then before he lost the Yule fight. Jared Cannonier stepping in last minute uh, to to come to the uh, rescue. Um, <sighs> Jared Cannonier just hits so damn hard. Former heavyweight. Big mm. guy. Um, Massive, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I just like David Branch as a fighter. I think he's well-rounded, well-rounded, and criminally underrated. Mm. Um, great in the ground. Is he he's a Henzo guy. Yep, isn't he? Um, I think he's got a huge advantage on the ground. Um, a massive, and he's a strong wrestling base as well. Uh, yeah, he's a big guy as well for for middleweight. Um, so he shouldn't get physically pushed about. Um, His reach is massive compared to well, it's a good few inches. Yeah, yeah, eighty-one versus seventy-seven. He didn't look. I'm trying, well, since he obviously he went to the World Series of Fighting and cleaned up there, was a light heavyweight and middleweight champion. Uh, since coming back to the UFC, he fought. Who did he fight? He fought Luke Rockhold. Yep. And he looked. He looked good. For a round, and then he got yeah. taken over, and then he smashed Tiago Santos, who is on a bit of a tear, yep. moving up the light heavyweight. So controlled him completely. Controlled him. Yeah. Just nullified his entire game. Yeah, I just think David Branch is the better fighter. I think there's any number of ways he could he could win this. Um, Cannonier is more relying on you know hitting the big shot. I think you'll get him though. You think Cannonier? I will do. Get I think Cannonier is going to spark him, and it's it's just it's like the it's like they call I made last week about Serkinov and the submission. It's just a gut thing. It's not. It's not like I agree with with an an uh, what's it? analytics and analytically yeah. analytically speaking. There we go. 
I agree with what you're saying in the, on paper. I think a branch has all of the tools required to control and win. I just have a feeling that like Cannoneer just hits like it's disgustingly hard. So I just have a feeling that he's going to clip branch. I uh, just branch just by so. by decision. I just think branch's risk management is a lot better. Um, has an advantage technically standing up and has a huge advantage on the ground. Uh, despite Cannoneer being a former heavyweight, he is the bigger man. Like David Branch must be six. Six three, six two, six three. Like Cannoneer's sub six foot, so the reach is with Branch. So if he wants to keep it on the outside, he can. I just, I think he's got him everywhere. The one uh, that we're going to talk about next is the one that I'm sure will pique your ears yep. up. Um, it is Chris Weidman uh, coming back after his injury to fight Jacques Ray Souza. Mm. Um, just before we start, is there a better jujitsu fighter in MMA than Jacques Ray? Across any promotion, yeah, depends if Rogers still fights. I, don't, I think he's retired from, or he's come out and said he's retired from MMA. Mm-hmm. He was he was in one FC the last yeah last yeah. promotion he was had. And he, I don't know whether I he's, think he's fought in a couple of years. He might still be active. Leave and say the UFC is he the best jujitsu practitioner or jujitsu fighter? Tough UFC, yeah, it's t- it's not tough to answer. Because I think I was going to say it with Maya. I think the thing with elite level jiu-jitsu guys, it's not about how they are on the ground. It's the entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guys like the Maya Woodley fight is an example of this. It's they don't have the takedown ability. Reliant on pulling guard. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. So guys like Woodley, an elite wrestler, can nullify that to keep it away. Jacare has implemented a really strong wrestling game as well. So not only you know will he dominate you on the ground, he's quite capable of shooting a double leg on high level wrestlers and getting it there he's also incredible at judo yeah mm-hmm. his judo is phenomenal he's um, a black belt in judo I think yeah he is he, he's the most well rounded I'd say yeah in that he can wrestle he can strike and he can he can yeah. grapple obviously um, Maya knows his strengths and sticks to them yeah. if he can't wrestle his wrestling Maya's wrestling wasn't great when he first went to the UFC by, by MMA standards mm-hmm. But it was, you know, it was very good for for jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It, what he did, he learned to wrestle and was a, was very effective with those sort of single legs and things and ankle picks that he was doing. Yeah. Um, and then if he couldn't get those to work, he pulled guard. I don't think Jack Ray, I don't think you'll ever really see Jack Ray pull guard. I don't can't yeah. remember doing it. He's far too aggressive. Yeah. Um, but he'll, he'll get you down regardless. He's probably more of a... Um, probably more uh, looking to take down, to take top position. Mm. When he first joined the, the UFC... He came in from Strike Force, was it? He would have yep. come from, yeah. Um, one of those main sub- submissions that I think he got was where he, he he tapped the guy from a head and arm choke, moving from side control onto mount head and arm, and then stepped off like an arm triangle. Yeah. Um, and everyone was saying how like absolutely how clinical it was. It was unbelievable to watch as a jujitsu person, mm-hmm. knowing the the accuracy and things. Um, yeah, he, he is the most well-rounded jujitsu practitioner to move to MMA by far. Yeah. Weidman's not bad on the ground either, though. But no, it's not different Jack kind of skill set. ADCC there. 2009, I think he was in. Abu Dhabi 2009. Yeah. And f- his wrestling's incredible. Yeah. He's, he's a Henzo Gracie black belt with Matt Sarah as well, I think. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I think, hopefully, it's not a really shit kickboxing match. I don't think it will be, because I think both of them have enough striking. Yeah. But if it stays on the feet, I... Very strongly leaning towards Shakaray. Yeah, me too. I think Shakaray has a lot more to offer on the feet. Because well, when we were talking about this before, I predicted. We, 
Weidman to win by decision. But the, now, the more I think about it, you have to, well, I, I have to lean towards Jacare. I think that I want to see them grappling. Obviously, I do, and you probably guess that. Yeah, I think Weidman's striking is still pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. He he, he uh, has the fundamentals. Well, he, he he dropped Anderson. I know, but Anderson was decking around. Yeah, he still dropped him. Yeah. Still managed to hit him. No one I, else th- was I really think hitting true. him. He, he reminds me of what Jacare striking used to be yeah. like, in that he's like technically quite sound, but he's not fluid. He's yeah. like a very regimented boxer. You can see, like he's nearly as he's walking around, he's thinking about it. Mm. Whereas more elite strikers just, you know, just go flow. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, did he not drop uh, Vito post USADA Vito? Yes. Yeah. And he, did he? he, he, he got mounted and finished him. Did he? F- yeah. yeah. He finished him with strikes. But that's, uh, yeah, Weidman tends well. to win by taking guys down and using like his top control. Yeah. I just, like that's I, not going to work. <laughs> uh, probably not. No, I think if you manage to get top position on Jacare, then you've probably done something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to end up it's in. Like a, yeah. it's a, it, in most fights, that's a good position to be in, but not this time. It, it's not that I don't think his guy's incorrect. Like, his guy's obviously amazing, but I think that he is going to be so much more dominant from top. But I think if you're going to get swept, yeah, yeah. he is yeah, going to sweep so you, and he's going to come up on top, and he'll, he'll yeah. destroy you from there. I think Weidman would be crazy to initiate the ground fight. Yeah. He, but then I was about to say, well, you know, you could end up with three rounds of Weidman pressing him against the cage. But if uh, Jack Ray's, you know, I don't know much about judo, but you both say, you know, he's highly regarded black belt mm-hmm. in judo. He's probably got decent trip. Yeah, he'll have a few trips and he'll have a couple of screws in his back pocket, yeah. Regardless of Weidman's uh, wrestling, if Jack Ray wants it on the ground, it will go there. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good way to put it. Like, if he wants it, I've said to you before about Chris Weidman. I think he's both underrated and and overrated overrated at the same time. Yeah, Um, he's sort of this is last chance saloon Mm. for for Weidman. Really is well, it's the last chance saloon for him to be in the. It's actually last chance saloon for both of them. Yeah, really. Sousa's had a couple of losses. Um, Yeah, Sousa pound for pound, the scariest looking guy in MMA. (laughs) He has tiny, tiny eyes. He just looks like he's (laughs) built to fight. Did you hear the story of him and Roger Gracie? No. Fought in 2004 World Championships. Uh, he, Roger had him in a fully locked arm bar with a minute or so left. Jacare didn't tap, mm. broke his arm, sort of escaped the arm bar with an arm broken, jumped off the mats. So they had to reset from the middle, tied it into his belt, clapped oh. hands, bump fist, back on, and then evaded Roger's takedowns for the next minute or so. Yeah. N- knew how many penalties he had. And knew how many times he could step off the map before he lost the fight by disqualification uh-huh. and won the world championships with a broken arm. That's that, amazing. You should watch the match. I will, I will after that. Like that's that's the, that's yeah. This is my point. The guy, the guy, without without this sounding offensive, which it will inevitably. Like he is just like a big ape, yeah. like a big powerful, like you know, he's just a big looks gorilla built for it yeah he does um he's terrifying um i'm gonna go for Souza. i think he's gonna ine- eventually i think it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a, a sub but it's not going to be from like a long ground battle i think he clips weidman with something and you know sort of follows it up but yeah mcgregor diaz you know i think he. i agree with you but i think he finishes it with strikes okay um, well he could do weidman has looked 
a touch, not chinny, but he does he get does hit. Get, yeah. Like Gastelum nearly put him out in the last fight. Mm. Gastelum's some of the slickest boxing hands in the UFC. Saying that, Gastelum absolutely battered Jacare as well. True. Um, and that was only a split decision, but it wasn't really. No, it, was a um, it was a decision. That was some iffy Brazilian judging. That's from some, <laughs> that's, home that, cooking. that is, I think I told you that's either the, only the first or second time in the entire time the UFC's been going to Brazil that a non-Brazilian has won a decision there. I think it was the first and only. Yeah. That's it's crazy, mental. isn't it? And they nearly give him a... Titty. Come on, please. You just almost imagine where it's like, oh, the best we can do is a split. Yeah. Otherwise, it's clearly rigged, yeah. you know. I think the UFC will be hoping for Weidman to win this because he hasn't fought Whitaker. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean... And, that- and he has a win over Gaslin. They tapped him, sure, last year. That was his last fight. Jacques Ray must be coming into his late 30s now, and I yeah. think he's probably got a bit of a, not a shelf life, but... He's, well, gonna, he's not got, neither of these guys have miles left in the tank. You know, they're both a handful of years away from retirement. You know, yeah. so it really is. Like, like it's, I just don't think, yeah, you, either of them can't afford a loss if they ever want to get the belt. No. Whoever wins this is the only one that's staying in contention. The yeah. loser is gone from contention. You can say goodbye to ever getting a belt shot. Um, the main event uh, to wrap us up is, of course, Daniel Cormier versus uh, Derek Lewis. As much as I want Derek Lewis to win. He can't, he can't. surely. Well, <laughs> if he does, it's going to look like the Volkov fight. He has a puncher's chance against anybody on earth. Yes, and clearly taking it very seriously with three hours a day of training. But I have a first round I believe it will be that quick submission for Cormier. Yeah. I, I just think it, it will be... It's going to look like... Oh, we're Anthony going to play that game? The Anthony Johnson fights. Yeah, absolutely. You think, you think you're think you just going to stand... I'm just going to stand and trade with you? Nope. Take no. you down. He might survive the first, Maybe. but he'll be so tired coming yep. out for the second that he'll just be a sitting duck. DC is too good everywhere and too smart a fighter to... And, and his work rate is unreal. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to tire. No. Back yeah. take rear naked choke. That's yeah. That's exactly my prediction as well. I think it happens quickly as well. Have yeah. you ever seen somebody with that? Because I mean, you know yourself that the if you were to stand and punch a punching bag for five minutes, you'd probably fall to bits. But mm. you could grapple for two hours. You know, like, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. you grapple for a lot yeah, longer. You know, it's two different kind of energy sets. Have you ever seen someone who has this kind of? A consistent a work rate as DC in the UFC or or um, in terms of grappling, yeah, um, it's hard to as a, as a just a fan, it's hard to really gauge it, but it's um, yeah, and Pete grappling and Khabib probably is someone that's relentless with it, but that's, that's a huge amount of pressure coming through uh, in terms of like Khabib doesn't actually maybe move a huge amount himself, he's just relentless pressure on them, yeah, and letting them try to fight out of a position they can't mm-hmm. get out of. Uh, DC's far more. Dynamic, probably, I'd say. Even for a big yeah, guy, yeah, he's yeah. so much more dynamic. He's lifting them, a bit like when he lifted Barnett, clean up in the air. Yeah, sent them flying. Yeah. People forget about that, the Josh Barnett. Like, Josh Barnett is incredible on the ground. And Absolutely enormous as well. Yeah. And DC's not enormous. No. Uh, he's 5'10", probably he's tops. smaller weight-wise then yeah, than yeah, he was now. Yeah, but Strike Force was that, or that yeah. was that UFC? No, that was the heavyweight Grand Prix final. Strike Force, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of grappling and work rate, probably yeah, he's, he's got to be up there with like just relentless work. It'll be a tense, as we say, few minutes or well, it could be seconds. However long 
who's from the say, opening bell, it goes before it gets to the ground. I mean, that's the only who's danger. to say Derek Lewis doesn't just have that thirty-second game plan and just lays him out cold. <laughs> Derek could. Lewis comes out with a flying, jumping, spinning, inverted go-go platter. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, and like, they just anoint him king of the world after that. The only, the only thing that you, I mean, you're right with that, Mike. Because if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm thinking the only chance in hell I have is to yeah. shell up, walk forward, and just horrible hooks like yeah. do you think windmill Deontay Wilder that shit see I think he's going for the best he's going to have to go for 30 seconds of hell yeah. to yeah. start because he, he can't do the I'm going to take it like I did against Volkov and wait till the end because yeah. it's just never going I, to get I, I don't to think the you end. can do that against a wrestler surely no because no. uh, they'll put a pace on you yeah and they can they can take you down at will DC could probably take him down at will whereas yeah. Volkov probably wouldn't he'd probably no. try and kick him and keep distance uh, and then you can rely on that 30 second window at the end yeah DC will probably just try and take him down with straight away yeah I would and say you're you're punch the, with that. punch the head off him yeah he right. just DC like I said before with the camera who actually said it about David Branch risk management he's just not going to be stupid enough to mm. stand in front of yeah but you, he won't want his record ruined no offence no. to Derek Lewis but a loss there yeah, could, could cause some serious oh damage. absolutely like he, DC if they fought a hundred times, should win. Yeah, hundred. Never yeah. mind ninety nine. Like he's just. It's going to affect his stock. Yeah, but I think, like he knows that fine well, and that's why this fight has been booked. Yeah, yeah. There, he there knows he's the risk of it. Yeah, keeps, keeps him active. Keeps UFC him aren't going to risk losing. DC Jones three or DC Lesnar. Yeah. I don't know. Give me I Derek Lewis, Brock Lesnar any day. Is that Derek um, Lewis as champ isn't a bad look for the UFC? Imagine. I, imagine I Derek disagree. Lewis and Derek Lewis and Jones. <laughs> if, if he beats Comey, then the fight <laughs> has to be on Derek Beats Lewis John Jones. <laughs> he's just the best ever. Oh, um, see, I think I think the UFC like this is as far as they want Derek to get. Yes, exactly. They yeah. don't really want them as champion. No, because there's. DC is the perfect champion. He will put a suit on. He will yeah. do the phony fox desk smiling. He's articulate, well thought. He's polite. He's not going to say anything controversial. It's controversial enough when you, when you want him. Yeah, yeah but, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but he's only ever stuff. controversial with a sporting opinion, yeah, not yeah, yeah. what he's posting on Instagram. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, like he's never going to be like, bitch, shut your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Derek Lewis is just a PR liability at any yeah. given point. You yeah, couldn't send him anywhere. <laughs> but, but <laughs> devil's advocate, <laughs> he, I, he could generate money. Like, he went, uh, what was it? He, he like, over-doubled his Instagram followers after I, that My Boys is Hot. a prediction, though, thing. that, like, about a third, maybe more, of Derek Lewis's followers probably don't even know he fights. Yeah. Because it's just a funny account. Yeah, it's just it? a yeah, funny account. Yeah, you're probably People right. could just be coming across funny videos and be like, yep, yeah, give that a follow. But explain the, Wait, this guy's explain the, explain the, the over-double rise then after that UFC I th- event. Because I think... People following and then it chews up Well, I think that was just because that was a huge UFC yeah. event. So, so at least half of them are fight fans, probably. Yeah. yeah. So yeah like, I'm not saying he's, he's Wait, not I, I, popular. I, I, I just don't think that, like... I think this is a nice level the UFC would like him at. Uh, yeah, he got the a fight shot. fans changed, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Well, some people are, are now MMA fans weren't MMA fans five, ten years ago. So it's different sort of types of people. So they probably are MMA yeah. fans. Well, at least we're all in agreement for the last point of the podcast. Um, Mike, thank you very much for joining no us. It's thank been you. A, been a pleasure. Is there thank any you. any social media or anything you want to shout out? 
Uh, no, well, I suppose better plug um, our jiu-jitsu gym. If you're looking for any jiu-jitsu in the Belfast, Belfast, Belfast. Golden Shore, North Down area, Golden Shore, <laughs> Golden Shore. Is it in yeah, our the, accent, the that's Northern a Island accent, the Golden Shore, Golden Shore. Yeah, in the Hollywood area as well. Bangor, um, we have our club, RMNU Hollywood. Uh, get in contact through the Facebook page and Instagram. Uh, rmnuhollywood.com it's r-m-n-u um, and look forward to training with you yeah absolutely um, we will also ref the same thing um, we both train there um, and it's it's been a great experience so yeah we, we echo uh, Mike's sentiments and on top of that you can obviously as always find us on our social media, uh, you can get the Jack and Mel Super Rad Show by following us on Twitter at Super Rad MMA. You can do the same on Facebook. You can follow us at Palooka Media on YouTube, where we'll have more videos coming out next week. Uh, and we are also going to be launching clothing line and a Patreon. So thank you so far to the listeners who've got in touch about what they want to see from our Patreon. And again, yeah, just like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Peace.